we know how expressive and how important praise is. We all understand it. If you don't understand it, it's because you weren't taught. Because nobody taught you what praise is. And praise is not about your personality. It's not about what you have on the inside. People can come to church and be shy and timid and all those things. But praise is a sacrifice. It's literally a sacrifice that you make towards God. It's a, it is giving Him honor and blessing Him for the things that He has done, the things that He is doing, and the things He is going to do. So living a life of praise is the best life there is. And it is the most important way to change your life. It is a function of faith. And so when we express praise, we express a great level of faith in what we believe. We have to believe in Jesus to praise Him. See, I don't know. See, I get so confused sometimes. I, I think we just don't understand how good God has really been to our life. I think sometimes we just don't get it. You know, I get this with my kids. Brian's up here on the front row. And if you're a parent, you'll understand this. You get this. And this happens with us. I'm certain that it happens with you. But, you know, I have, when, once I had these kids, I got serious about being a dad. Huge percentages of money going to my kids. Come on, let's be honest about it. How many know what I'm talking about? Huge percentages of money. I mean, I'm buying them food. I mean, if I was only eating by myself, it'd be cheap. And when they were little, it was cheap. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? You could buy one hamburger, split it in three ways, and everybody could eat it. Now they want three hamburgers in one way. You understand what I'm talking about? I mean, no more than splitting the burger. And not just one. I bought. I went out this morning, bought breakfast this morning, and I bought three biscuits for the kids, and they consumed them things like there was nothing, like, just like they were eating, uh, you know, jelly beans. I mean, just, you know, huge expenses. And I'm giving up big portions of my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you have driven your kids to here, there, and everywhere? Come on, let's be honest about it. Let's be truthful. I mean, and when you have more than one, I got three. Oh, my Lord. I never, I, I thought I was going to have a restful day yesterday. Did not happen. I spent the whole day driving from here to there and everywhere. My son had a big band thing over in Hartsville. I went three times to Hartsville. Once to pick him up, once for lunch, and once back. Then I got two more that want time. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so all that time I could be sitting at home watching soap operas. I don't get to watch any of those. Days of our lives has become my life. Somebody say amen. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm just giving up my days. I don't know what it feels like when they're gone. I know you guys are experiencing You're back to life again, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's home for the day. I see. Come to watch the Super Bowl. So, but I mean, just, you know, you, you go through your life doing this. And then when you get done, and tell me if you've ever experienced this. And you just want them to go, thank you. Oh, I don't, I don't hear nobody in this room. Just, just you know, you look, you look up, you think of the 40 or 50 hours in the week that you have for your day. And you spend all that time taking them everywhere. And you go, will you take out the trash? And they go, I'm playing a game. Oh, come on, ain't nobody, has anybody got gamers in here but me? I think every day I'm taking away those games. Have y'all thought about, as parents, don't you think every day I'm taking the games away? And you never do. Why don't we do it? Why don't we take the games away? 
But how many of you love it that one day when they look out, I mean, just think about the day when you're driving down the car, your son gets out of the car, you didn't say, I love you. But he goes like this, love you, Dad. Doosh. Huh? Yeah. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about it'll light you up, your face will be lit. You just, I mean, all you need is one, I love you. Just one, just one, thank you, Dad. One time, come and take my trash out. One time, don't um, don't make me gather all your clothes up, put them in the dirty clothes. I mean, I don't have to tell you. Just do it yourself. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, aren't you just sick of having to say, will you please clean your... Uh, <laughs> you know, when they were little, it never seemed like we had that problem. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When they're just little, all you got is diapers and food. It's very easy. Then they start growing up, and you get attitude. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You got attitude. Anybody ever experienced the attitude when they mouth back at you like, I got, oh, I got. You might know what I'm talking about? When you get the I got, I got that. I'm a, you ain't a nothing. I'm gonna, I got a, I got a something for you, boy. Somebody ought to say amen. Now listen to me. I want to tell you something. God in heaven has done more for you. Every breath that you breathe, Every time you go, he provided the air. He made a way where there was no way. Every day that you get in your car and you drive down the highway and don't fly off the bridge, don't run into somebody else or somebody else don't run into you. How many of you understand that was a great day and God deserved your praise. He deserves and I thank you God. He deserves a little shout and a little dance. And a little, I'm so grateful that you took care of me. I want to tell you, we ought to be more thankful to a God who keeps us and watches over us and protects us and provides for us. Every time you eat a meal, I don't care if it's ramen noodles, God made sure that you had a way even when there was no way. If all you're doing is eating government cheese, you ought to be jumping. (laughs) Because God made a way. I've come to realize when you do that, you're opening the door for further expectation. There's more on the horizon for you. There are divine virtues in praise. And the first one I want to talk about is that in number one, write these down, when you praise God, the presence of God comes in praise. Write it down. When we praise God, the presence of God comes when we praise. I've always been mystified by churches who don't understand this, who who have no concept of real praise. Because when we want God to show up, if we want God there, we've got to invite him. And his hospitality is praise. God's habitation is praise. Praise is not only about what God has done is doing, but is going to do. Praise is the provocation of your future blessing. Praise is what provokes God into doing things for you. That's really not true. What it does is open up what God has already done. Praise breaks down barriers and tears down walls. Praise brings the presence of God into your manifestation. How many know when God shows up, everything else goes away? Somebody ought to shout out amen. Amen. Psalm 67, 5-7 says it this way. Let the people praise thee, O God. 
Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. God wants to increase our lives. When we praise him, his presence comes. And when his presence comes, he said it brings increase. Look at somebody and say, Pastor Steve wanted us to praise God so that we could have increase. Now, I didn't make that up. That didn't come from me. That's the Bible. Psalm 67, 5 through 7. Then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. How does this come? How does this occur? When we realize that it's not about how stiff we are. Some of you are just so stiff. You know, I'd just be glad if some of you would tap your foot. I can't even get you. Just somebody just stand there. You look at us like we're just, I don't know what you think I am. I really don't care, but I, but I, I mean, I mean, at least tap your foot. You could at least get a half raise. Could you get one of these? You know what I'm talking about? I, I give God two or three different kinds of raise. He gets this kind of raise. He gets this, and every once in a while I give him the halfway. You got to give him something. Give him a praise. I tell you what, let's just do it. Everybody in this place, if you didn't raise your hands this morning, give me at least a half a raise. About 10 of you did it. You guys are so, <laughs> presence of God is there. Praise is where God lives. He comes in praise. God's presence makes the believer a conqueror. And when you're in the middle of trouble, and when you're in the middle of challenges, it is the presence that brings you through the challenge. Psalms 114.1 says, When Israel went out to Egypt, the house of Jacob from the people of the Sabbath, strange uh, language, Judah was in the sanctuary, and Israel in his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams, and the little hills like lambs. What ails thee, O thou sea that thou fleddest? That Jordan that thou wast driven back, ye mountains that you're skipped like rams and you hills like lambs, tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of your God. That stuff standing in your way has to move when God shows up. I wish somebody shout amen. Why do we praise? Because we want God to show up. We want God to show up in our children. We want God to show up in their endeavors. We want God to show up in our jobs and their jobs. We want God to give us the direction of our life. Things that trouble you tremble when God shows up. I'd write that down. Things tremble when God shows up. God steps in when we praise Him. Somebody ought to praise Him right now. Real quick. Just give Him some praise. Come on. God steps in. Number two. The voice of the Lord is in praise. The voice of the Lord is in praise. When we praise him, the voice of the Lord comes. Isaiah 30, 29 and 30 says, And the Lord shall cause his greatness and glorious voice to be heard, and show the lightning down of the arms, and the lightning uh, and indignation of his anger, and with the flame of his devouring power, with scattering and tempest and hailstones. In other words, God comes down and his voice gives us direction. When we praise God, we open the doors for the voice of God to occur in our life. We tear down the barriers that hinder the voice of God for us. We tear apart the flesh that stops us from hearing God's voice. And how many of you understand when you hear God's voice, you hear God's direction? Amen. I wish somebody would say amen. amen. Why do we praise Him? Because His presence comes. Why do we praise Him? Because we can hear His voice. Why am I asking you to shout in this room? So that when we leave, we've heard His voice. So that we're on the streets, we've heard His voice. When we're in His car, we hear His voice. 
It says it this way in Psalm 29. It says that victory comes in the voice of the Lord. It says the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. We need the voice of the Lord. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you need his voice. When we praise him, his voice becomes clear. Many times in my life as I begin to praise him, his voice becomes clear. When I focus on him, his voice becomes clear. I can hear. Many say, I can't hear him clearly. I don't know what he's saying. Then go with him alone. Spend some time in his presence. Open your mouth and begin to praise him. And the voice of the Lord will become clear. How many know the voice will make a difference? David, the psalmist, the great psalmist, wrote in 2 Samuel 5, 18-22 about how he had been overcome by the Philistines. They'd taken the women, they'd taken the families, taken their homes, they'd come and invaded. And the Bible says David went up and he asked the Lord, what should I do? Before he did anything, he went to praising, went to worshiping. And the Bible says that in that he heard the voice of the Lord clearly. And God said, you won't have to fight. I will fight for you. When we get into praise, we hear the voice of the Lord. How many of you understand when we hear the voice of the Lord, we'll always hear, I'm for you and it doesn't matter what's against you. I'm with you and it doesn't matter what stands up. I'm with you and you're going to be okay. I'm with you and you are not going to be hurt. No weapon formed against you. I wish somebody would say amen. If you only knew that you don't have to fall under the weight of, uh, of defeat, you can live under the force of victory. When you praise him, you have victory on your side. You have victory that comes to you. Because when the voice of the Lord comes, the mysteries of God are revealed to us. His voice comes in praise. What else is in praise? The wonder-working power of God is in praise. The wonder-working power. Exodus 15, 11 says, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, grievous and holy, fearful in praise, doing wonders? God does wonders. God does wonders in the midst of praise. I've stood in the midst of some terrible things. I've watched some terrible stuff happen. And I saw when people began to praise, when they started lifting their voice instead of crying on the pillow, when they started praising him instead of crying and weeping, when they got up and said, Lord, I trust you. I know I can trust you. I know that you're looking out for me. How many of you understand God is looking out for you? I wish somebody shout a little louder than I'm preaching. God is looking out for you. He's watching out. He knows every step. He said the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. When we begin to praise him, he starts to order up the steps. He starts to lead us and guide us. And the Lord does mighty wonders in the midst of our praise. My mom and dad pastored a church in Stock City, Missouri. Not Scott, Stock. Went to town, but about 200. Little tiny place. They wanted my dad to preach when he was in Bible school. Gave him a church his freshman year. He was an older student. We got in this church and right in the middle of the service, a man comes running into the sanctuary, throws the doors open, runs into the sanctuary, and starts yelling out, your, <coughs> your house is on fire. Next door to the church was our house. We had a parsonage. We moved in, lived there in Stout City. And the house was in full flame. Flames were coming out of the top of the roof. 
And so all of a sudden we ran out there and they brought the, the local fire department in, tried to put the fire out. But by the time they got to the end of it, we lost our, our precious dog in the fire. Everything we owned, all the pictures and all of our stuff was burned up in the fire. That's depressing. And all of our income, you know, just things that we were doing. I mean, that's where we lived. And I still remember as a little boy, I watched my mama. And so in the middle of this thing, my mom comes out of the church. And my dad stayed in the church and just worshiped the Lord. And I remember that. And a man in the church was broke and didn't have any money. And all that my dad had left in his wealth was what was in his pocket. And it was the offering from the church. And the man came up and said, I understand where you're at. I know what hurt is. They're kicking me out of Bible school tomorrow because they don't have enough money to pay. And my dad took everything he had in his pocket at that moment and handed everything, didn't even count it, I don't even know what it was, and put it in the man's hand. So said, I believe God's going to bless you in the midst of struggle. See, I'm not talking about what I don't know. I've already been down this street. Some of y'all think if you worked a little harder, no, praise a little more. If you just praise a little more, if you just come to God with all of who you are and say he's for me and if God be for me, it just doesn't, it don't matter who's against me. But I watched my mother walk out in the front of that church. She knelt down by the front of that, by, right in the front of that house as flames were coming up and people were spraying it with water. And she started worshiping God and praising God and saying, God, I know you didn't tear our house up, but I give you glory anyway. I know you're going to bring us out when nobody else can bring us out. I know you're going to fix what nobody else can fix. I know what looks like devastation to others is only satisfaction to you because you can make things good that were made bad. All things work together for, I wish somebody shout amen right there. All things work to good for those that praise him. And she began to praise. I mean, she started shouting. Everybody in the town thought she was absolutely crazy. She was jumping and dancing and thanking God. And to be honest with you, as a kid, I thought she was a little bit nuts. I thought something happened to my mom. She snapped. She didn't snap. Something rolls up from the inside. She understood that though the devil fights, God is still the victor. Listen to me. No matter what you face, God is your victory. No matter what you looked at, God is your way. No matter what's standing in your way, God has a way out. Somebody ought to say amen. God is a God of solutions. On that day, as the house burned down, all of a sudden we got a phone call from somebody. Will you meet us in the morning? They had a double wide trailer that was worth a lot of money. And they said, we're going to tow this onto the property for nothing. They bought this double wide trailer for my mom and dad. Thousands and thousands of dollars rolled it up on the property. A furniture company called up and said, we want to give you all the furniture for the property. Loaded it up with brand new, not used, but brand new furniture. People came and donated money. It got so bad, the blessings were so great that my dad had to put an ad in the newspaper and ask people to stop because we had nowhere to put it all. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. I wish somebody shout out in there. You're not too down. You're not too out. It's not too messed up. God is for you. When we praise Him, when we praise Him, we break through and we open the doors of the miraculous. Somebody else say, number four, the favor of God is in praise. The favor of God is in praise. When we praise Him, every believer that makes praise lives a lifestyle that is full of the favor of God. The definition of favor is this. 
Finding favor means gaining approval, acceptance, or special benefits or blessings. That means God will specially bless you, specially apply to you, specially give to you, specially pour out to you, specially, specifically to you. He will give you favor when you praise him. Why am I asking you to praise him? Why am I telling you to get out of your normal stance? Why? And maybe nobody's ever told you this. Because God wants to pour his favor on you. He wants to favor you in life. He wants to favor you on the job. He wants to open up great opportunity. Praising God and having favor with all the people the Lord added to the church daily. Such as should be saved. Praise amplifies and releases God's favor. Praise pleases God. And when we dance and we sing and we shout, we please God. And he pours down his favor. When you're trying to please God, you'll please him. A praise becomes your lifestyle, then favor will become your companion. I'm almost done. Hang in there. When praise becomes your lifestyle, favor becomes your companion. Blessings, special blessings on your job when they're looking for somebody to promote. When you praise him, he brings favor. When you're trying to sell your business plan, when you praise him, he brings favor. When somebody else has the same plan, they'll pick yours. Somebody ought to say amen. God steps in. Somebody say, God steps in. Number five, when you praise him, you access his presence in praise. Not just that he comes, but number five, you access the presence of God in praise. Psalm 1611 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. We access the paths of life in his presence. It says in Psalms 100 verse 4, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Everyone that praises never lacks revelation. Come on, somebody. Everybody that praises never lacks revelation. And God will bring revelation to your life. Revelation is guaranteed in his presence. The deeper you are into praise, the greater access you have to revolution. If you want to revolve your life and have revolution in your future, when you praise him, you bring access to your revolution. Somebody ought to say amen. The higher we go in praise, the greater access to revolution and revelation. Every dynamic turn comes in anyone's life that is functioning in the depth and inside of God. It facilitated, it is facilitated, enhanced by praising and having a praise-filled life. Every turnaround, every turnaround is a function of his insight in the word of God. Revelation. When God brings us revelation, it accesses us to the breakthroughs of God. Somebody say amen. So that's why we praise him. That's why we jump and shout. Number six, supernatural breakthroughs are in praise. They are in praise. The Bible tells us in Corinthians or Colossians, I'm sorry, or um, Chronicles, that the, the, the Israel had come up against a great force. And listen to what it says. It says this in verse 17. This is Second Chronicles 20. And it says this in verse 17. You'll not need to fight the battle. Set your sight, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow you go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. 
Verse 21 goes on to say, And when we had consulted with the people, he appointed singers to the Lord, that they should shout, that they should praise in the beauty of holiness. They went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing, when they began to praise, come on somebody, when they began to sing, and when they began to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Amnon, Moab, and of Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. God breaks you free. He breaks you out. He turns you loose. He sets the enemy against you in the wrong direction. He puts ambushments out. Somebody ought to begin to praise him just a little bit more. Because when you praise him, you bring his presence to bear. You cause things to change. The voice of the Lord comes. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to say, my day tomorrow is better than my day today. Somebody ought to open their mouth. If you haven't done it yet, do it anyway. If you feel like... I get irritated with people who always live in the funk. Have you met anybody that just lives in the funk? I mean, every time you talk to them, something's wrong. Every time you talk to them, they're depressed. Every time you talk to them, they always regurgitate the past. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. You go to them, you say, how are you doing? Well, my ex-wife left me and she took all my money five years ago. And I'm still struggling to get past the dilemma. I'm still broken from what happened to me. I mean, I loved her. Where is she now? Oh, she done moved on. She found her another man. She got money coming in. She's thinking about having a new baby. And I'm even more depressed now. Because she just, I just can't get her out of my mind. Y'all met them. You've seen them. You've talked to them. Come on, let's tell the truth. You just want to say, uh, you know, I got somewhere to go. When they want to call you, you say, no, don't give my number away. Come on, let's just be honest about it. Let's tell the truth. But if I could just get that person to understand, there is a way out. There's a way for you to turn this around. Your problem is you still got your focus on where you used to be. You're still thinking about the way things were. You're still thinking that Moab, Amnon, and Sear are still against you. But I got news for you. God said, if I'm for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't matter if your ex-wife left. It doesn't matter if somebody spit you out on the ground at the job. It just doesn't matter. Because when you begin to praise him, something starts working on the inside. And it starts showing up on the outside. I can transform your life. I can revolutionize your situation. I can transform you. I can change this thing. If you just open up your mouth, maybe you ought to take off. Somebody's going to have to stretch me out. I just got a cramp in my leg. I'm going to lay down right here, Brother Eric. And you just stretch me out. We're working on it. Jesus, help Pastor Steve. Just say, Jesus, help me. It's my fitness trainer that I don't go see as much as I should. And he says, you ought to be there more than you are. I took off running. See, I can't dance like I used to. I'll pee myself. I get to be 54. Stuff starts happening. You understand what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm, 
I'd have to come to church with depends on just to make it around the building. Jesus, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I can still leap a little bit. You'll see me stomp my leg a little. I can run about two feet. It looks good for two feet. Somebody say amen. See, when you praise him, every wall between you and your destiny will sink. And every shout will bring down a brick. Somebody ought to shout out amen. I'm always amazed by the walls of Jericho when they begin to praise around the walls of Jericho. They tell us that there was no way if the walls fell. They were so large, so, so thick, they could have races on top of the walls. Uh, or chariot races and things like that. And they were so thick and so big that had they fallen, you couldn't have gotten through because the rubble would still be there. And yet when they shouted, God cleared the wall out of the way. I don't know exactly how he did it, but it must have fallen with some openings. Somebody understand what I'm talking about? God knows how to make things fall with some openings right in the middle. He knows how to make things come down so you can walk right over the top of a problem. So you can step right over them. I'm praising real big. I, I took this lady here. We had a great meeting. She was all but dead. But I didn't see the spirit of death on her. You know, as a pastor, you can see some of these things. And I didn't see it. I told her, I don't see a spirit of death on you. I just see confusion. She said, about what? I said, you got your mouth in the wrong place. You're not, you're not giving God praise. You're not thanking him for your miracle. You're not talking to your mountain. Because the Bible says, speak unto the mountain. Say unto the mountain, be thou removed, plucked up, cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe the thing you say shall come to pass. You'll have what you say. You've got to change your saying. You've got to change your speech. And I tell you, she had a brace on her arm where she said her arm was broken, a brace on her foot where her foot was broken. She had kidney problem, heart problem, lung problem, head problem. She had it all. I turned that voice around by the Spirit and the Scripture. She started speaking. She started deciding that the only thing she needed was for herself. You know, sometimes y'all believe too far. Sometimes you've got to get out of the sickness before you can get to helping somebody else. You know, I ain't going and I saw the hand brace come on. Well, it wasn't broken. I saw the foot brace. It's a little different now. It's not like a broken leg brace. It's something else they're working on. Whatever's going on, like a sprain or something. Whatever it is, he's walking on it. I saw the, 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 the kidney situation change. I saw a woman who had to wheel in here on wheelchairs and could barely make it to the house of God in a week, flip the whole thing around and walk in on a walker. Now she's on a cane. Now things have turned around. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you open your mouth and when you start preaching the word of God and you start speaking the victory of God and when you start saying what you believe, things start transforming. You start revolutionizing your life. You start bringing revelation to your life. You got to praise him whether you feel like it or not. You got to praise him no matter what. You got to praise him in the worst of times and in the best of times. I'm going to just give you these Number seven Fresh oil Is in the presence of God Psalm 92, 1, 2, and 10 And I'll just read 10 I'll anoint you With fresh oil when you praise me I'll anoint you Psalm 92, 1 through 15, I shall anoint your head with fresh oil. 
My eyes shall be upon the desires of my enemies and my ears shall hear my desire upon the wicked who rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish and be like the palm tree, shall grow in the cedars of Lebanon. Those who be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall spring forth with fruit in old age. Somebody point toward me and say, he's going to be skinny, smart, and effective. I curse you. <laughs> you foul, fat thing. That means you got to go home and curse all those Doritos, Cheetos. I'm going to have one more meal before I go on my diet, Brother Eric. Just one more meal. My Super Bowl meal. Brother said, why don't you start right now? No, 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 no. I can't start right now. I've got to have my Super Bowl meal. They'll bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall not be fat. Oh, no, they shall be fat. I'm sorry. And flourish. To show the Lord is upright and is a rock. And there's no unrighteousness in him. You must have fresh oil. Praise and the presence of God brings fresh oil. And fresh oil answers to praise. What the anointing brings keeps you lit. The oil keeps you lit. The last thing that I want to share with you is that the praise brings to us the glory of God. The presence of God in his glory. We find the presence of God listed in Chronicles 5. And it came to pass when the priests were carried out or come out of the holy place. And all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites that were singers and all the Asphon, Heman, and Jedun with their sons and their brethren bringing arrayed in white linen having cymbals and psalteries and harps stood at the east end of the altar and with them 120 priests sounded with the trumpets. So I tell you folks, I'm going to tell you something. When Paul and Silas were in the prison, the Bible says they prayed and sang praises. They prayed and sang praises. And this is the interesting thing. It says, for they heard them. For they heard them. When you look at me and say, well, why do I have to lift my voice? There's something to expressing it. And people hearing it. When we praise God, you can't sit there silent. It's time to stop being silent. You don't have to scream and shout like me. You don't have to run across the stage. But for goodness sake, when we start praising God, will you please? Will you please? Open your mouth and get something out. Just get something. Just get something. Let's try it right now. Are you ready? Will you please? Can you just see everybody in your door? Praise the Lord. That's it. That's it. That's it. Lifted up their voices, the trumpets, the cymbals, the instruments of music to praise the Lord, saying, He is good and His mercies endure forever. And then the house was filled with a cloud. The glory came. And they ministered by reason of the cloud. They could not minister, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. When the glory comes, it's another place. And God wants us to live in his glory. Folks, praise is not a command. It's, praise is a command to us. Look at your neighbor and say, praise is a command. If no one ever preaches to you, nobody ever said this. And you're, what I love about our church, I love our church because I love, look around here. It's filled with men. Now, when I went to church, it was always women. Come on, come on, let's be honest about it. You went and there's a bunch of women and the husbands stayed home. 
But you look around this room and man, I'm looking, you just look. There's men everywhere. Men everywhere. It's crucial. Now let me tell you what men ought to do in the house of God. Not only should you get up off your couch, but you should get up off your cushion. Nobody shouted on that one, but it was good anyway. Men, you can praise him, it won't hurt you. When your children see you raise your voice and they see you raise your hand and they see you express yourself to God, there's a new place of relationship between you and your family and God when you express yourself to God. Men, I want to tell you something. Real men praise God. Real men will praise God. Real men will magnify God. Real men are not ashamed to bow before his presence. Real men are not ashamed to lean their head forward and have tears roll out of their eyes. I almost never cry in life. I'm not a tear jerker kind of guy. I don't like it when other people cry around me. I have a real hard time with it. I had a girlfriend when I was a kid, and all she would do was cry. Has any guy ever had a girl that all she did was cry? And every time he done a fight, <laughs> and then just cry and go into some rage of crying, cry, cry, cry. Back when I was little, I thought that I just oh, poor thing, oh, uh, oh, you need some jewelry, uh. <laughs> I was all sucked in. You know what I'm talking about? Because she was crying. I got so tired of the crying and all that stuff. It got to the point, I don't want to hear you cry. I don't want to see you cry. And now nobody cries around me. My kids cry. Shush. Don't cry. Which is wrong. I should let them cry. And every once in a while, I tell them you got a few minutes to cry. And that's it. A few minutes to cry. No crying. But when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the presence of the Lord, it's the one place at least one place that I've decided my emotions, all of my history, all of the things that I think mean absolutely nothing. God, will you touch me one more time? Come on, somebody. God, will you touch me one more time? I wake up in the morning. God, will you touch me one more time? I go to bed at night. God, will you touch me? The greatest experiences I've ever had in my life have come from God. You see, lives turned around. They get in church and they start coming to the house of God. And their lives turn around. Kind of like taking a, a vaccine, you know. You take the virus vaccine. And if you don't take it all the way, you don't finish it. Because kids like him, my son, he got the vaccine. And the day he felt better. And I'm like, did you take it today? Oh, no, I'm feeling great. How many of you got left? Twelve. No, son, you have to finish the vaccine. Because it fully, it fully works when you take the vaccine. You feel good today, but you've got to finish the prescription. Do you hear what I'm trying to say to you? When it comes to God, we have to fully finish the prescription. When we praise Him, we finish the prescription. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. God, can you touch me one more time? That first time He touched you, can you touch me one more time? When it comes to God, you get in church and you start seeing things change. Your life starts turning around. Everything starts working for you. You know where you need to stay? In the house of God. <laughs> you know where else you need? In the one that's blessing your life. The one that's transforming. When you, think, when you see things start turning. When you see uh, it, 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 your issues. When you see your children start spiraling. When you see God start doing things. That's not time to say, well, I'm done. God bless me. It's time to say, oh. There must be more blessing. There must, come on somebody. There must be more blessing. I tell you, you stay under this word. You listen to what I'm preaching. 
and it will transform your life. It will transfigure you and change you forever. Stay in the glory. Stay in the presence. Stay in the anointing. Stay under this. Praise is a command. It is not a gift. It is not a hope. Israel stayed under the glory of God for 40 years. They stayed in his presence for 40 years. And for the 40 years they were in his presence, their shoes wouldn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. The Bible says they were healthy. You know, today we have a new virus in the world. And the whole world spinning out of control, worried about this virus. And you could even be a conspiracy theorist and think that somebody let something loose and they may have. Somebody go, amen. But I know what the Bible says to me. No deadly thing. I walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not worried about the corona, whatever it's called, virus. I don't even know its name and don't plan to know its name. Because I'm not going to come under the coronavirus because God is for me. And if God is for me, it doesn't matter who is against me. I wish somebody shout out in there. Get your faith on. Get your faith on. Start talking over your kids. Put your hands on them and say, ain't no coronavirus coming over my house. And no deadly. You know, the church walks in fear. And it's because they don't know how to walk in praise. That's right. Amen. Amen. Amen.